All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Piston Head podcast. Hopefully you remember what I look like. I shaved for the occasion. Um, yeah, uh, obviously life is fucking insane. So that's that's where we'll leave it. Uh, but new FD season, super pumped. I got my buddy Kyle on with me today. Um, Yo. Yeah, Kyle, another giant FD fan, another big car fan. Also works yes, with me at ZZX, so... We get to hang out. We don't get to hang out as much as we used to because <laughs> shit changes. I mean, but we, we still talk uh, drifting pretty much all day long. So I, it's true. It's true. Like it's it's kind of it, like we'll, we'll start talking work stuff and then it just goes back to, to car stuff. <laughs> like within, <laughs> within like three or four minutes, we're like, okay, we're gonna send this report, and then it's like, so so who do you think is gonna take it? <laughs> <laughs> Have to make a concerted effort to try and stay on task. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of a problem, but a good problem. Yeah. So, uh, enough of you guys bugged me to bring back the podcast. Uh, and this is it. And then after, after I'm like, ah, oh, there's no other podcast going on. I was like, Kyle, you got to get on me. We got to do this. And then Maximum Driftcast announces like the next day that they're, they're bringing it back too, which I'm happy. I really am. I'm super happy they're bringing it back. Cause I love listening to the show. So oh, I'm sure we have, we have lots to talk about. It's, uh, going to be an interesting year so yeah so where do we where did we leave off last year i mean vaughn and die retired i mean that's yeah i mean kind of retired has like big big implications right like you have the whole rtr thing with opening up a seat but not just that now chelsea has to actually he's lead driver so i mean in my opinion there were a couple of things that happened last year that uh hurt his chances in the championship towards the end, uh, yeah. <laughs> namely Long Beach, I guess. Um, again, right, there's uh, there's a little bit of controversy there, but um, yeah, without Vaughn there, with Chelsea being the lead driver, I just, I really think he's going to run away with it or at least be like way more, not that he wasn't a contender, but it's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be kind of king of the hill this year. I'm super curious, like what Va- what Vaughn's involvement's going to be like if he's going to be in the pits and shit. Because like, I I really think that Vaughn chills Chelsea out quite a lot. And and I mean, obviously, I'm not there to know, but I have a strong feeling that there's a lot of conversations between the two where it's Vaughn being like, okay, like here's the strategy, like this is what you kind of need to remember about this. So, um, yeah, and hopefully he can, you know, be there also to mentor Adam. Um, not that he yeah. needs mentoring but you know what i mean just on the <laughs> chilling out like he said like what he did with with chelsea and took the the uh no fucks given attitude dial it back a bit and, and play a little bit more i don't want to say safer but strategic right like yeah. there's no point in blowing up your car on a victory lap <laughs> and sure enough he had a couple of victory laps and he didn't blow them up so well it's like i mean he basically took a wild stallion and tamed it to be a quarter horse like that's that's kind of how i feel right like there's so much raw. There was so much raw talent in Chelsea, just with no finances and no. Yeah. Um, I don't want to use the word discipline because I don't think that's the right word, but like, just chill. Like he had no chill, and then I think I think they wrangled him. Drive. Yeah, I think they wrangled him back too far at one point, and then they kind of let him off the leash a little bit. But I, I mean, he's still Chelsea at the end of the day. Like he still talks shit. He'll still he'll still you know if he's upset with another driver. I mean, we saw it with him in Forsberg for for a while um yeah i i mean he, he's still gonna i mean if you follow him online you know chelsea hasn't fucking changed at all because his comments and stuff are incredible 
I just wonder if <clears throat> since he's been kind of like had uh, had Vaughn at his side, like now that he hasn't been quiet about uh, how he feels about the judging <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that and and last year's whole qualifying debacle. So I don't know what that'll play into it this year. Um, I'm interested to see how the first like session or two of qualifying goes, if everybody's going to be, you know, actually gunning for the scores or if it's going to be another another game right which to be honest i kind of liked it i thought it was interesting because shake it up right because at the end of the day he still has to put down a run to get in the show and last year was less of a big deal but the other thing uh point to bring up is this year there are drivers right like we're not at 32 we're 37 what is it 37 yeah so you can't just show up to make it in the show anymore I mean, it's good. I think FD had a. Uh, I mean, this is this has been an issue. This is this is going to continue to be an issue with Long Beach being the first one, where you can have a bunch of people who show up wrecking Long Beach, and then, you know, that's it. Because you, you got to remember too, like yeah. Long Beach is arguably the toughest round track wise. It's the first round back, so if you've got a new build that isn't tested, you're going to fucking find out really quick. And I mean, a part that not a lot of people talk about is it's it's the most expensive for anybody who doesn't live there. Because, like, hotels are more expensive. If you're on the East Coast, travel is the most expensive. Like, at least if you're up in Washington, hotels are relatively cheap. But, like, I mean, I was looking at going down to Long Beach, and it's, like, even for a shitty hotel room, it's, like, 2.30 a night. And that's if you can find them right now. I was, I mean, I looked at Airbnbs and stuff, too, and guys were asking four and $500 a night. And I'm like, oh. Which, which obviously p- plays a part. That's something we don't always think of, right? Because you're so used to seeing the top tier teams, you know, money's being thrown around like other motorsports now, but there are still guys that are running on, on lower budgets. Right. And especially the guys just coming up from pro spec, you know, that they don't have the same kind of budget to be able to just go nuts and, you know, ball out at the, at the nicest hotels. Like it can be a financial hit to go to long beach. And then again, if you, if you shunt your car, there's another big chunk of money that you can't afford right at the beginning of the season. So there's also, and this even came up with Ryan Sage today, which is interesting. There's a lot of talks about tire sponsorships this year being really tough. So obviously with like global supply chain yeah. issues being a problem, the actual cost of petroleum going up, which means the cost of rubbers will go up. And the other thing too is like, yeah, they're they're projecting the prices of it because obviously, you know, petroleum going up now means tires are more expensive tomorrow, but a smart company will look at the price now and then and future it, like get ahead of it. Yeah. Um, but Ryan Sage even said, because they, they were talking about the, the Forrest Wang thing, which we'll definitely talk about. And he basically, I think he said in the comment, like, you know, if somebody doesn't show up or doesn't have tires, there's going to be a spot open. And what's interesting is I think uh, Forrest is with Accelera. Is it Accelera honest, or Zestino or something? I he's, he's, it. he's in one of the, like the quote unquote budget brands, which yeah. I don't know how the licensing works with FD if he's allowed to run those or what or what happens or if he has to run federal, which I fucking I <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad for anybody who has to run federal because it's not as competitive. Like I'm not saying it's a bad tire, but it is definitely not a Nitto. It is definitely not a Falcon. Like it's it's I mean it, they're behind. That used to be said, but that used to be said not that long ago about GT radials. Right. Like GT radial was uh, a budget, a budget tire. Like I personally ran them on, uh, I had an Audi S4 and, uh, and I ran them and everybody made fun of me. And it was like, right when they started to become decent tires. And I was like, 
okay, as soon as I took a couple people for a ride, you realize, okay, they made the switch. So hopefully federal can get, you know, up there. But like you said, they have, if you're they have bigger sizes now, like, well, I know they're, the they're thing, right? sizing bigger than like, it was like, they had like a 275 or something like that. Yeah, but you can't say that a 275 Niddle, Federal, and GT Radial are all even in the same ballpark. Yeah, I know, like, right? Because that's the that's, <laughs> that's the FD mean. rule. Like, they have a gauge. It's like, it doesn't matter yeah. what's actually printed on the sidewall. They have to pre-vet the tires with their gauge. Because, like... That's right. Yeah, it's such a dumb thing. Well, look at, like, look at the, like, the Nitto sidewall, right? Because, like, yeah. if you watch those tires deflate, that contact patch is fucking huge. That's right. <laughs> like, Chelsea driving around the pits at, like, 8 PSI... And you just see the side roll, like the sidewall just rolled over. It's it's crazy. But I mean, that the rule about them deviating tires, that's that's you know, that well that's a game changer, really. Yeah, but but then we saw companies like Nitto make like with <laughs> that true. with yeah. the, the lip protector, right? Like yeah. that became part of it too, because if you see how close it is to the edge of the to the wheel, it basically just grips it almost like like, I mean, it grips onto the, onto the top of the lip of the, the wheel. So that became part of it too. Like, I don't know. I fucking, I fucking love that tire companies were starting to be like, okay, we want to be good at this sport. And then actually started right. developing tires for this sport. And cause it's not just compound. And that's what I was kind of getting mm. to is NATO has so much money in R and D that, you know, Valino or, uh, even GT, well, GT radial has been growing pretty fast the past couple of years, but federal just doesn't have the funds to be able to develop a sidewall that can fold in and stay inflated, right? Like they just, so. yeah, they just don't have the the time. Like they just have, they haven't had the That's time. That's the biggest thing. So I was just trying to, uh, uh, I was going to look up Forrest Wang's tire sponsorship because I'm curious. But yeah, I mean, I, I on that note, like I'll look at it later. I'm going to get distracted. I already, <laughs> yeah. I already said I didn't want to do this live because I get too distracted. Um, yeah, it's interesting, the picks. Like, there's been a lot of arguments about, like, drivers that shouldn't be there. And, like, without naming names, I mean, we can all pick out a few guys that just have not done well for the last four or five seasons that, I mean, that maybe shouldn't the be list, there anymore. Right? They're yeah. still, I mean, they're still on the list. It's, I, but, I, I'll bet you it'll change next year. I, I'll bet you it'll change next year. Yes and no, right? Like, other motorsports are similar, right? To an extent, it is a business. You need to sell tickets. So they must be bringing something to the table, whether it's diversity or uh, in the some only cases, <laughs> you, know, you know, that or uh, inferior engine yeah. uh, styles yeah. <laughs> or brands, you know, and that fight, you know, the, the Jay-Z versus RB thing, like that was amazing for, for yeah. FD, right? For FD, it was perfect. I mean, it's... That's it's, what I mean. And, and and just to like correct myself, I can't remember what event it was. Like, like Kyle Mohan drove incredibly well, but it was like it might have been Irwindale, Long Beach. Was it Long Beach or Irwindale? Wasn't it? I thought it was Long Beach that he actually like he was. It was on one the of show. them. We're like, I was like, this is it. Like this, this was it. Yeah. This is the fucking like he can do it. He he's showing he can do it. And then, I mean, I hope I I don't I don't want any driver to do poorly, but it, it's been a struggle for him. So, but I mean that that's so, it. I felt last year looked like a struggle for everybody. Right. And I don't know if it was just the 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 2020 hangover from the the double rounds or what it was, but like uncharacteristic, like for Forsberg to have that kind of mechanical problems, like that's unusual, yeah. right? Like yeah. his program is is pretty is pretty stout. Um, you know, Turk did well last year, but die, like die. So 
I'm a big uh, die fan. I was pretty upset when he left. Right. Yeah. He, he just wasn't there last year. Right. Like didn't have it. Gucci is, it was struggling, which, you know, he's been struggling the past couple of years, but it just seemed like everybody was a little bit off last year. So the, so the people like the front runners really stood out like Osbo when he won, it seemed like he won by a landslide because everybody seemed to have trouble behind him or yeah. was crashing. Well, I mean, it, it shows like the attrition because, I mean, we definitely saw some yeah. tired cars last year, too, which doesn't help. Um, but on that note, I mean, there's a yeah. lot of new cars this year. That's like what this... I going to bring up about Long Beach. Like, <sighs> this is going to be an event, man, <laughs> because there's so many new drivers so, or people in new positions, new cars. Like, So yeah. off the top of my head, Ken Gushi, right? Yeah. That's it. That's a new chassis for him. Chris Forsberg, I watched his video tonight. That's that's a very new chassis for I him. I hope it gets ready. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um you have LZ in the Mustang, which yeah. all eyes are gonna be on him, right? Yeah. So our boy, our boy Hurst is in the our BMW. Boy Hurst, yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> I don't know if you could get two different chassis than an E46 and the G37. I mean, right? so anybody anybody <laughs> who doesn't like full disclaimer, anybody who doesn't know, um, the company ZZX that, that I run and Kyle works for, we've sponsored Hearst this year as like, I mean, and it was down to a couple of different drivers and it was just, I think, I mean, my decision came down to like the story because like, if he does well, like, and I'm not saying he won't, but like if, if that boy makes top eight or, or top four this season, the world's going to light on fire. Um, That's right. But yeah, like going from that, that G, which is, it's not a great drift, drift chassis to an, like the BMW now, which which is a very proven drift chassis. I'm like you're going from a car curious. that that was large. Um, I don't want to say lazy. Like again, I'm not a professional drifter, so I can't speak to the level that their yeah. cars were. But just from my know what I know about the chassis, the the mechanical grip out of the E46, the G37 is not even in the same category. So no. I. He got gapped a lot last year from what I saw. Like the aggression was there. The, yeah. the, the drive was there like from him. It just seemed like he couldn't compete um, out of the hole. Yeah. And, and that's where this chassis. But when he anticipated it correctly, he was banging doors. Like he, I mean, he was banging doors with Osbo at one point. Like, yeah, that, that's sure. the thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like he overcame that. So now that he's in a much more comparable competitive chassis, hopefully testing and everything goes well. Yeah, um, I think he's going to be a, an up and comer. Like, look at Dylan Hughes once he yeah. finally got his chassis sorted out. You know, yeah, it took him. It took him a full season to really sort it, and then, I mean, now now he's easily easily one of the most two, competitive he had two guys. Two podiums last year, right? Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah, you're right. Jesus Christ, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Uh, and and it kind of like I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but. Nobody was expecting it. And I'm not going to say it's all the car. It obviously isn't. But but I just mean that getting in those proven chassis um, to stay competitive is going to make a huge difference for a lot of these drivers. And there's a confidence that comes with that, right? Yeah. Like if, you, if, you've got, if you've got an old car that's seen a lot of seasons and has been beat down, like you have to be so – I mean especially in Long Beach. You, you have that – that confidence going into it. I mean, the, the downside with the new chassis is you have the hesitation of what's going to break and you're yeah, going to break in, you're going to break it in a pinball machine. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the crazy part. Um, I think Castro's got, Castro's doing 
I think Papadakis is building a new chassis for Castro. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, someone might have to dig into that. Um, yes, that's I haven't really researched that too much. That's what's uh, – there's been so much information going on in the last two weeks or, well, last month that it's it's hard to keep up with it, right? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it it is tough for sure. I, I I will admit this off season I haven't kept up as much as I was hoping to, but um, yeah, there's something going on. Uh, let's read the transition. B fifty eight and a GR eight six. So yeah. Okay, so he's going to the oh into a GR eight. So he's putting the engine from the A ninety Supra into the. GR86 chassis, the new yeah. 86 chassis. Yeah. Which, um, what's what's Gucci building? Is he building it? Because he had a Supra. Yeah, with a 2J in it, I think. Couldn't couldn't really get that sword. And I think he's building a, a, like a GR86 as well. It's possible. I know that they their issues were just all over the place. Last year, like boost solenoids, uh, vacuum lines popping off in the middle of the run, just strange yeah. stuff, right? I think I got to switch over to like my other, I, I should get off my personal one and into the Pistonet Productions one because it follows like all the drivers. And that's yeah. usually how I kept on it. Is like I would like check into that Instagram and then go through everything. And be like, okay, cool. I know what everybody's up to. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anybody else that's got a new chassis this year? Who, who are, I mean, who are the newcomers? Because we've got a couple of new drivers too, right? Right. So we got uh, Mike Powers. Right. Right. Um, another, another homie. We got... Uh, Jao coming back. Uh, uh, right? Yeah. It's, if that's how you pronounce it. I'll, I'll... Jao. Jao. Yeah. Jao, you can correct yeah. that. Jao post if you want. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I, there's no editing here. <laughs> Just I don't, I don't there, edit right? shit. Dude, I'm the worst <laughs> at pronunciations. I'm so bad at it. Um, so he, he'll he come back with the Super as well. No, he had a vet. No, he had a, a Mustang. No, no, no. He's got a Mustang in Brazil, but he drifted in FD with a Corvette. Oh, maybe, eh? Because it was, yeah, it was almost stock. Hang on. Now I got to fucking look this up. I did not do enough <laughs> research before this. No, um, me neither. I kind of wanted to go into it a little bit. Um, like, you know, what did he yeah. say? Wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Uh, and then there's a British driver? Or is there, no, wait, New Zealand driver? <laughs> Somebody from overseas? Here. I'll, oh uh, my god! <laughs> I'll send you, you the list. Are you sending me the list? That's probably for the best. I'm going to send you both lists. All right. Welcome to our work day. <laughs> no, this is basically what it is. These are the conversations yeah. we have. Okay, cool. Good call. Uh, I'm just scanning it. Taylor Hall, Hurst, Ole Yeager. Oh, was Olin pro? No, oh, he's having so. he's having an issue though. He shipped his car over and, and there's like some logistics problems going on right now. Really? Yeah. Um, Josh Novak. Josh would yeah. love Novak. He's making the jump up. Uh, Nick Novak. Simon Olsen. Yeah, so Novak's new. Joshua Reynolds. Fede. Fede is back. Nice. Which I'm happy about. Brandon Sorensen. Stuke or Daniel Stuke. Rome. Dan Briquette, Trent Beecham. I hope he does better. That he's got yeah, a f- last year was just a bad showing, right? It, it didn't 
it didn't look well for him. I don't know if he was fighting the chassis or what, but it just. I mean, he's if if I'm not mistaken, that is still a solid rear end in that car, which that could make sense. That is a huge like not being able to like you can dial in some toe in, but like very very little in comparison. I mean, I feel like that it's like that's a, such a huge like sandbag to have to carry around. Yeah, it's definitely uh, not ideal, right? Yeah. Or else everybody be driving AE86s still. Yeah. Dean Carney. Darren Kelly. That's what I'm thinking of. Darren Kelly. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a couple people from overseas, which is, I mean, I, I want to see more of that. I, I, I think you and I talked about it. I'm trying to make a goal of like seeing as much drifting this year as I possibly can. Like as many different series. I was going to make a calendar. <laughs> Our calendar is already full of drift events, sir. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had only this year, or well, I guess the last winter, started following some of the stuff overseas just from uh, um, following James Dean. So yeah. when I was watching an RDS and I was like, okay, like it looks kind of competitive. And honestly, those tracks are insane. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to compare FD to it, but. FD, let's say, has like six corners, maybe, you know, with four zones. These mm-hmm. guys are doing like a minute lap, you know, like it's it's just continual. And I, I just don't. So that's probably why so many people that come over do so well, because they're, yeah. they're used to not just one or two corners. They're used to like having to stay on doors for, you know, extended the, period of time. I mean, the biggest difference is like in FD, there there cannot be a single screw up. Like that's right. It, it has to be perfect. In order, I mean, with it within an extent, but it has to be incredibly good. Like I'm not taking anything away from RDS or um, British no. British drifting and Irish drifting. Yeah, both Irish championships. Was the other one, yeah. They they both have a lot of corners, but it's like you at least have a bit of time to to figure it out. If you if you biff one one corner, like you you can make it back. You can make it back. Whereas like in FD, if you try and make it back, it's so obvious. That's true. Like the, the, even the judging criteria is obviously more lax on proximity and stuff because it's such an elongated track and they are high speed. Not that FD is not high speed, but most of the FD rounds that are high speed are banked, right? Yeah. Are, are, are on ovals or, uh, I mean, Atlanta's, Atlanta's fast, but it's like, it's fast for, I mean, you're, I think the initiation, it's gotta be the fastest. The initiation in Atlanta has to be the fastest initiation. I mean, it used I'd to be Texas. To, I, I'd have to <laughs> no. try it to know. No, <laughs> Texas wouldn't have been. It seems like they have to slow down down the hill, though, right? Like you're initiating and then slowing down versus initiating and then carrying ver- and speeding up. That's a good point. So, yeah. But that's what makes Atlanta so hard is judging that because you get gapped at the start and then you're playing catch up. And then now you can't slow down enough without running somebody out, somebody over, right? Yeah. Or ending up in the kitty litter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's tough because if you if you lose it on that initiation and then try and make it up um, in outer zone, I guess it's yeah, it's outer zone one technically. Like up if you hill, if yeah. you if you outrun that and and overshoot by a little bit, that's it. It's it's done. So, yeah, there's no room for uh, for catch up. So yeah, I mean there there is, but once again, it's obvious, and then you have to stop that catch up early, so that way you don't literally just shoot it off into the into the media stand what uh what's your thoughts about the tracks so uh last year seeing lake erie was cool obviously we have a little bit of insight on that yeah um but um utah this year 
Yeah, I don't know enough about that track to to have like I, I I've seen a couple of proposed layouts and they're like, oh, if you do this or you do that. But like the one thing everyone's forgetting is like FD has the ability to build stands. Like yeah. they won't if they don't have to, but we've seen them do it to put on a better show. So that's true. I'm I'm like I mean they did that in St. Louis. They they added stands in um, at one point with the old layout. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. It looks interesting. It's nice to have kind of a, it's not really central, but it's more central than any other track, really. I mean, New Jersey, kind of. That's what, that's kind of what I was getting at was it kind of, um, gets to a different part of the country, right? Like mm-hmm. Lake Erie Speedway was great, but I mean, it's not that far from Jersey, right? Like it's kind of yeah, proximity wise, it's not too far. So, um, it's nice to see it spread out. It's just I want to see every track, right? So if they could rotate a track in and out every year, I'm down. I mean, I don't know when we're going to get rid of Orlando, but it, <laughs> it's yeah, tough. Well, Pro- prospects opening there this year, right? Yeah, which I mean is is good. There's there's some people that should do really well there, like Kelsey. Uh, she should. I mean, it's basically her home track. She should do well there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I don't. There's so many other tracks that I would prefer to see outside of Orlando. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, but yeah. It's an older track, right? So uh, It's kind of cool, but like, I mean, that transition is really rough on cars, which is kind of neat. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you can... Neat for us. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... That's, Not I mean, for people snapping control arms and... <laughs> yeah, and, and tie rods. I playing mean, the jump, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just... Like... I, I, this is going to be controversial. Like I like St. Louis. I know a lot of people, I don't like, I prefer the old St. Louis layout for sure, but I do like St. Louis. So, I mean, I like cool shit like that. Like, so I'm not a big fan of St. Louis. I know. At all. Yeah. It's, I like, I like Irwindale's my jam. Long Beach. Great. Irwindale's sick. Long Beach is cool. Cause it's like, you have a slowdown right at the end. Everything else is fucking bananas plus i've tried to play it in a set of corsa and i crash every time <laughs> you have no uh, idea how many hours i have trying to run long beach <laughs> i have i have some idea <laughs> but i know what you're saying yeah i mean i like i like texas like towards the wall layout as well which yeah. is sketchy um yeah i mean washington's another one that i'm not Monroe or Monroe is like, I'm kind of, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I mean, as FD calls it, the pass heard around the world happened there. The, the Vaughn um, JT thing. So. And I mean, that's another tough track that seems to separate. Maybe that's a good reason to have it though. It separates the, the elder statesmen. If you, if you know what I mean, like people that don't have their setup exactly dialed in, like it is not just about skill. It is about so your car fast. set up to keep yourself up on that wall and not drop, not drop down, right? Yeah. So, no, it, I don't. Uh, I don't mind that track, but again, it's a similar style of track to Irwindale, right? Like, see, this is going to be another one. Is like, um, what? Oh fuck, the name just escaped. English Town. Yeah, I don't like it. I. There, there was so many opportunities to build something really cool there, and they put in another figure eight. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Fuck, it doesn't even have a bank. It doesn't have a, like it doesn't have, like at least Orlando, you've got a bank onto a drop. I, I, the, the, <sighs> yeah. The only good, the only, well, not the only, but the main positive is it's supposed to make for absolutely on your door tandems, right? I like know, it's long I sweepers, know. but last year it didn't. One, there was the rain and it just seemed like everybody was plagued with issues. It, right, I, but I love the fact that we have stands on either side. I like that we've taken a, a I mean, I don't know enough, but I, let's say quote unquote failing drag strip and repurposed it for something incredible. But I just, I feel like if they just, I don't know, even if they paved the whole, like as much as they fucking could have, just fill it in with pavement and give me a, <laughs> like a skid pad that could have been cooler. Like I just, the figure eight bugs me. Yeah. It bugs me. I'm with you. I liked uh the the layout that they ran back in the day in in Saint Eustache or Montreal in Canada. Yeah. Because it was like it's different. There was nowhere else like it and that wall just eats people. That that's the thing. Like you I mean, need, like you need it's danger not good for the cars, but you need the danger. Exactly. You have you to. to. I mean, yeah. In the same way the like you know, I want hockey players to fight and <laughs> yeah. I want, you know, like in the, in the same idea that like there needs to be that risk it for the biscuit. That's why Long Beach is so fucking cool. Cause if you take that same layout and put it anywhere else without the walls, it sucks. That's right. If that's cones, it is nothing. It's, it's, it is not dynamic at all. It's no, it just, it, it completely separates who, who is on their fucking game for the whole weekend because yeah. you can't just be on your game for practice or whatever. You have to be all weekend. Every moment. One fuck up, it, you're done. Yeah. Like, and like, like Turk, yeah. it ruined his, it almost ruined his entire season. The fact that he brought back a practice car to complete the season is pretty insane. But, yeah. you know, I got to talk to him. Eight, six. I got to talk to him in Orlando after that. And like, he was like, he, it fucked him up. It sh he was shook yet. Yeah, like I was following him a lot on social media at the time. And, uh, I think physically, like it did a lot. It seemed like he had to go through rehab I, and stuff, which that tells you it's a decent hit. I think, I think mentally it was the best thing that ever happened to him. Cause like, I also agree. It's, it's like, he came back strong after uh, that too. Right. You, you have to, I mean, we like, in, in a lot of sports, like, I mean, I've heard this with like snowboarding and stuff too, where it's like, you need to have one really bad wreck. Like that's like broken bones, like to, to get the fear up. Be like, that's the worst it's ever going to be. I'm like, cool. Like, I, I know, I know how bad it can be and I got through it. So let's go. And you kind of need to cross the line to know where the line is. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. these guys, you're riding the line the whole time and you're, you have to keep pushing and then eventually you're going to go over. But Hey, at least, you know, like, fuck, I can't, I'm not messing around at outer zone one. Right. Like, Yeah. And, and then it just, and then for him, for his example, like he, he got into a new chassis that wasn't as beat up, that wasn't as tired. Like things weren't out of alignment anymore. Cause like you have a couple of wrecks and like you adjust your alignment at the wheels, but like your subframe could be pushed out by an eighth of an inch and you'll never get that back. So you're making up with it yeah. with alignment specs, which is not the right way to do it. I mean, it's well, the only way to do it in a lot of it, right? cases. Yeah. You're, you're limiting your adjustment. It, it, yeah. Bringing it back to um, Jonathan Hurst, I think that that's going to be a huge thing for him this year is <laughs> there's there's no hiding that that G37 had some battle <sighs> scars, right? Like 
Yeah. There's no way that chassis is even remotely straight underneath. So starting off with something that you have full adjustment and is straight to begin with is perfect. Like like you said, with Turk, getting into a brand new chassis and it didn't hurt, you know, getting into a championship contending Corolla. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the <laughs> next season, right? Behind or, you, right? That's what I'm saying in the next season, like, yeah, just through his progression, it, it, it didn't hurt to have to have that. But I don't know. There's just a lot to look forward to in this next year, both in pro and prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Prospect's interesting. Um, I know we, we barely covered everything. I am upset with how few people I know on this list, but I'm also incredibly excited because like to try and keep up with pro, you can't even keep up with pro am drifting. Cause so does it even exist? It does. Right. Like, I guess, you know, um, Lone Star is still a pro-am sanctioned event, right? Like Lone Star yeah. Drift, they're still considered pro-am series. But the, I don't want to call it the problem, but depending on who you are, you'll see it as a problem. I'm sure Sage isn't happy about it. It's the shootout series. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's clutch kickers. Like, look at the list of clutch kickers. One half of them are people on the roster at FD, and the rest is people that could be on FD and choose not to. Or have been. I mean, Alec Honedale is a great That's example right. of that, right? Yeah, Nate Hamilton, Alec Honadel, like, yeah. and they're cleaning up over there. Be, Why? I because mean, because there's it's money. Half of, it's half of the travel, and there's a better purse. Yeah, and right? and the track is not obscene on a car. Well, let's see what happens this year. Yeah, <laughs> right? because it's same track with whatever five different layouts at uh, the Freedom Factory. So, which I mean, how fucking fantastic of a collab is that? That's like super cool. So in, in because I follow uh, Cletus, as you already know, um, well selfishly, I, ha- I was kind of hoping that Orlando would die off and that FD would eventually go to there. Just for the sense that you know that the track, they'll put money into the track to make it work. Yeah. That, that they're willing to um, come up with a layout that's exciting and fun and because that's what Orlando's just kind of we've seen it for so many years and it just feels like the same thing over and over and over again, right? Yeah. It's that no, I agree. It's that figure eight. So I, I agree. I think that would be I mean, I think that would be incredible. Um also like just the cross pollination of fans is is yeah. the biggest thing. Like, um do do you watch Faster with Finnegan? No. Okay. I, I don't watch it much. Like I Okay. They did they did one where he had to to drift a car and Fede was his instructor. Oh, cool. So it was like, like that's the kind of shit that drifting needs because like the amount of old dudes I talk to who are like, Oh, I've heard of it, but like, I don't really understand it. And it's like, okay, well, like, let me tell you. And then I show them one of like three video clips that are super exciting. And I'd be like, this is what it looks like. But I'll use the, the Cletus McFarlane crew as an example in this, so I've been following them for years. They hated drifting. They hated drifters, the the same crap that everybody would say and, and, you know, call it figure skating and whatever. And then what happened? One of them tried a drift car <laughs> and now they all have drift cars. They're yeah. holding drift events there. It, it is, it is the most exciting and accessible motorsport, right? Yeah. So being able for uh, for FD to be able to hopefully collaborate with people in the future to kind of help get it out to more people who aren't who are still stuck in just being closed minded. They don't want to they don't want to see it. They don't want to try it. 
you know, getting eyes in front of it is going to open it up even more. And hopefully that means more venues and the more money in FD, the better it is for us. That means that the competition will go up. Sponsors are putting money behind it, right? Yeah. And I mean, the, I mean, the more money in FD, the better, because like, like you said, the production value goes up. We see better coverage, better live streaming over the years. Like the more money they can invest back into the product, the better it is as a consumer. Hopefully more practice time for the drivers as they were vocal about last year. Well, and it's such a catch-22 as well because it's like, I mean, going back to the tire situation, it's like some of the guys just can't afford more practice tires. Like I would love to see FD. I would, I don't want to say, I don't want to see a spec tire because I think that would fuck a lot of stuff up. But I'd like to see FD be able to step in and subsidize tires for drivers they don't have to pay. Do they have a tire allotment? I never knew, like F1, where it's like for the weekend, you only get 12 sets. I uh, I believe you can only go through 10 sets in practice and pro, but like most guys weren't even going through that. Yeah. Like the odd guy, like, you know, like let, let's take like a Chelsea Denofa having a problem or tuning something would go through 10 sets in practice. That's where like, that's, you know what I mean? That's where strategy were, would come in. Like an F1, if they need to put laps out, they're, they're burning hard tires because- they don't want to, you know, mess up their softs for the weekend. So it would be yeah. a similar situation. It could be a similar situation where they would have different compounds and like if Chelsea's or whoever is out testing, you know, and they only have six sets or, uh, for practice of comp tires. And then I don't want to say scrubs, but, you know, lower, lower tread wear tires. Mm-hmm. It might even it out and give everybody else a fighting chance because when somebody who has the money to get sessions of 10 you know comp tires out there yeah versus somebody who's lower on the spectrum who's like look i only have enough like (laughs) kill or kill tires for the competition you know and they're using scrubs here and there it's it's i don't want to say it's not fair but that means it's money winning the rate or money winning the sport and not um the true spirit of competition yeah i agree i mean and that I, I think a lot of people would be surprised how many guys in, let's say, the bottom 16 will run scrubs because yeah. y- you don't have a choice. Tires aren't cheap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and know? they're only going up. Like, I, I, I can't remember what the pricing get. is. Even worse, it, even worse than them not being cheap is that you can't even get them. Like, we we know from, from talking to contacts last year that, you know, they they were having tires sitting off in containers and they couldn't get them into port. Like that's just yeah. horrible. It's and and I mean, from a brand perspective now, like it's it's not going to get any better. I guess the only saving grace is that the price of fuel has gotten so fucking high that people aren't going to be driving and going through tires as much. <laughs> right. And and that's I mean that's something that has to play into this as well. Is like if you're driving a rig. Across yeah. across the continental United States, that's that's expensive. That's I don't know how some of these the smaller teams are going to do it. And then how are you going to put up with? How are you going to have your full team there? You know what I mean? If if you can't bring an RV or whatever because it cost you, yeah, your you know double well, what it did last year. And I mean the the cost of flights are only going up too. Like yeah. they there was a there was a thing. I think today that I read where it's like, yeah, if you think gas prices are bad, wait till you see what jet fuel is going to cost soon. Cause like there's a, there's a mass reserve of that right now, but same thing. They'll, they'll future it. They'll bet, they'll bet that it's going to go up and increase prices ahead of time. 
I mean, and very rarely do those prices come down the way yeah. they're supposed to, right? Like, yeah, we might see a correction back to like 150, but like, yeah. I don't know. In Canada, I mean, obviously, for all of the U.S. Yeah, listeners, $1.50 a liter. So like that works at two per gallon. Like $5 a gallon or some yeah, shit. I was going to say. Uh, my wife's over in Holland right now. And oh, I mean, you know Jess, obviously, but for anybody listening, um, it's $2 or two, two 2.18 euros per liter right now. Oh, wow. So it's like $3.60 a liter. So it's like $9 a gallon. Unreal. Not that they have to drive far, they drive very often, but like if you have to, like holy shit. And the cars are significantly smaller. Like no one owns a pickup truck in the Netherlands. And if yeah, you do, I mean, it's tiny. They get taxed for it too, I think, like heavily, right? Like yeah. Congestion I, tax and all that. I know New Zealand's got something like that as well. They've got a road tax yeah. where like you basically prepay for your miles. And then when you go to like renew your sticker or your license plate or whatever, if it's more on your odometer, then you have to pay extra. And you have to pre-buy for the next year. It's nuts. I mean, that just that just gets into a whole like wormhole of trying to prepare that like <laughs> the anxiety must be through the roof. Yeah, I mean, in, in in all honesty, if you try and do a pro season on less than fifty thousand dollars, I mean, it's it is going to be incredibly tough. And that's if everything goes well and you're not replacing half your chassis or you pop a ten thousand dollar engine. And I think a lot of people have a misconception about sponsorship too. Like w we saw down in PRI show, it's not like you, you're just sponsors are coming and like, Hey, you want to run this this year? Like it's a grind for, for yeah. these guys to get sponsorship. And that's a job in itself to get getting and maintaining sponsors. And then on top of that, working on the car. Right. And it's just, uh, I see, that's why when I see this long list of drivers, I still wonder, are all of them going to make all of the rounds, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, looking at all the prospect guys, like not to sound shitty, the amount of guys in prospect that drop off is nuts. Like, and it's, yeah. it's tough because if you think, if you think it's tight for the pro guys, try being a prospect driver. Uh, I agree. <laughs> right. Like. You still have four yeah. rounds to go to. You still have to pay for crew. You still have to pay for food and hotels. And like some guys get RVs and some, I mean, I've seen guys fucking camp out in the back of the trailers. Like you got to do what you got to do, but yeah. it's, you still have to get there and you still have to buy tires and you still have to feed people. So the interesting thing about, um, the prospect though, there's a couple names missing off that list. Uh, yeah. I mean, Josiah for, first of all, <laughs> I mean, our buddy, know. Josiah, I have no idea what I've no, I haven't reached out. I haven't asked. It's not, I mean, I'd like to say it's not my business, but I'm a nosy fuck anyway. So I'll try and find out. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I should, I should message him. Josiah. I, I think he listened. I mean, he's been on. It's one of the yeah, longest podcasts maybe, I've ever done was with him. Listen. Buddy, hit me up. Let me know. You want to, you want to talk about it? Podcast is going again. So you got my number. Maybe, maybe he's waiting for that Corvette to be finished. Who knows? Oh, that's a good point. Um, is there anybody else missing that? <laughs> was that it? I just did that was my segue into that. You was good. Into that. You're the king of segues. Your ability to transition my talking points is nuts. You, you get you catch me right before I go on a rant too. It's good. <laughs> I tried to. That's yeah. from keeping the, the team's uh, meetings together during the day. <laughs> the daily meetings. <laughs> trying to yeah. keep me on task is a full-time job in itself. Um <laughs> Yeah. Or does yeah. anybody stand out to you? Like TRO uh, obviously is, is, you know, he's running DMCC again this year. So yeah. Uh, Schlegel. Um, I don't think any yeah. drift HQ oh, driver 
I don't think there's so, any Drift HQ driver. You know more uh, about that than I do. Not a ton, but from from you know what I see in the people that I follow, uh, they pulled out of FD. Which is, um, in, I mean, it's not insane because they are, they're party drifters. Yeah. I mean, maybe it just wasn't viable and they're more on, because you have to remember they sponsor Drift Week. Um, they're heavily involved in clutch kickers. Yeah. So if you're them as a business, you have to go, okay, what are we getting out of FD? Because at the end of the day, it's a business for everybody. And maybe the, the dollars just didn't line up the same. Or, I mean, they did an incredible job. They paid for a really good sponsorship for two years, made a shitload of money off it and went, okay, cool. Now we're going to spread it to the lower tier guys because we got our public, we got our our public face up. Like we got our brand awareness really high. Everybody knows who they are now. Right. And now it's like, cool. We can take the same money we put into FD for those two years, split it on either coast. Right. And, and, and still make that money. So. And the people that work there, most of them are drifters anyways. And these are series that they can actually compete in a little bit more competitively, right? Like, yeah, you know, du- and cheaper. Duarte cheaper, right? Like you can, I think Duarte is probably competing in clutch kickers this year. Um, which, you know, I know FD is not a big fan of clutch kickers, but I love it. I love watching it, seeing everybody in seeing pro guys drive non pro cars. Yeah. Um, is fun. Or their pro cars, like, well, well I Alec. The not, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean Taylor Hall did. He did, but I also I'm a yeah. bit of a Taylor Ray fanboy, so watching mm-hmm. him take him out with the Miata, pretty happy that's about tough. it. <laughs> it's tough if you're Taylor Hall, right? yeah. Like you got a that thousand horsepower Cadillac being taken out by a Miata, but that, again, that car is not made for that. That car is not made for that, though. No, that and Cadillac that is. That Cadillac was big and that track, you know, it's all seat time, which is why I think so many people are loving these shootout events or whatever you want to call them. Because in FD, you can only put in so many laps in those cars. Like it's just too expensive to run them versus, you know, I'll use Taylor Ray as an example. Before an event, he can go to uh, a drift weekend there and put in 50 laps, you know, on scrub tires and just nail every corner. And then when it comes to comp time you know, dial it up and everybody else, he, he, I don't want to say he doesn't need to practice, but he just had 50 laps the weekend before. So another 10 laps on comp tires and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, speaking of Taylor Hall, that is a driver with a new car. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He got, he's getting rid of the caddy and going to a vet. So, okay, good. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious to see how his year goes. I, I am, I am one of the people who is willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that you have one or two bad incidents and then you're under the microscope and then everything that you do is wrong after that gets magnified. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. Cause there are other drivers that, um, I feel, you know, get the blame, get blamed for a lot of stuff because of that. But yeah, it's interesting how many people are going to the Corvettes now. And, and if FD is going to be modifying their rules for the rear subframes, because a lot of them are trying to go to uh, front trans with the rear quick change. Yeah. And it's very difficult to do with the factory subframe. So I know Josiah on at FDF is, is making a kit for it, but it's, it looks like it severely um, compromises the integrity and, and in FD you can't brace it, right? You can only do so much with the subframe. There's, yeah, certain there, areas you can't put connectors and, and there whatnot, may be so. a chassis um, 
like uh, not limitation. What's the word I'm looking for? Exception. It because be, they've, yeah. they've had exceptions for cars in the past. I, I don't, I don't remember them. I know there was one for the S chassis. I think there's there was one for the one BMW for 46. There you is can, for bracing you, the, you the make, subframe. Yeah. Cause you can't make people run that factory subframe. That's, that's no, it's, it's <laughs> not competitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. so there, there might be, I mean, I remember, I think it was Derek. No, it might've been, hmm, it, somebody has like the rear six speed with the quick change built into it. And That's I can't Matt, remember who right? I, it might be Matt field. I mean, I was, yeah, cause I thought, that, I thought that, that when, cause he had to do a clutch change, uh, during practice or something, they had to drop the subframe, I think. Yeah. Cause the whole point of 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 everyone moving it up front is is if you fry the clutch right like you know <laughs> having really, to drop the torque tube and, yeah. and the whole subframe just to change a clutch it's not feasible in for the most part like during a round right well it's also it's also the rear ends of those cars get damaged a lot so yeah. having that big and that expensive not only is it expensive because it's a transmission it's expensive because it's an incredibly rare and expensive transmission yeah <laughs> Or, it's a specifically built, even if it's, you know, yeah. a G-Force built box or whatever, it's still the Corvette version, right? It's like for it's, one fucking car. Yeah, versus, you know, being able to just buy a GSR and four-speed yeah. and call it a day. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I, 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 I'm excited about all the Corvettes, though, because obviously the chassis works. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Field, you know, love him or hate him, he's he proved that the chassis will is very competitive. I mean, it's becoming even more um, popular on the pro-am side. Like you see it in a lot of coming up in a lot of other um, series. So I mean, well, all those, all those, goes. all those old guys have moved on. I mean, that's the prices. They're still expensive, but the prices come down. They're attainable, right? So, yeah. 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 But I, I, it is, it is nice to see. I mean, it is the next, it is the, biggest drift chassis i mean the next big drift chassis whatever you want to say right yeah i think so yeah until something else gets cheaper because like even a supra the amount of work that you have to do to like an a90 it's a lot and it's expensive and and again but does that matter for the people building hundred thousand dollar cars obviously not no but for for anybody else uh for i don't want to say lower tier but i mean in the um available funds bracket Buying a Corvette that you can get for fifteen or twenty grand, that already has an LS in it, you know, it's already lightweight. It can the chassis itself was built to handle horsepower, so you're not having to brace all the same stuff. Yeah. Um, and luckily, the Z06, the expensive one, you can't really use it anyways because it's aluminum. So <laughs> you have to build a whole substructure for the um, for the cage. So the regular Corvettes are cheaper, which is what mm. everybody's going to grab for, uh, for drift chassis. So it's interesting though. Like uh, I just still out of my budget, obviously. Hence yeah. why I have a beat up E46, but I mean the, the super chassis. So now that they're coming out with the manual transmission is fantastic. But from my understanding, it's only behind the, the inline six. It's not behind the inline four, because if stick with me here, if it would have, if it would have <laughs> like, been behind, yeah. Just wait, just wait. Though. There's, a, there's a solid reason behind this. The best drifting chassis are ones that are relatively inexpensive and already have a manual transmission in it, right? 
Originally, when the inline four came out, it was kind of hinted by somebody at Toyota, if you're going to engine swap a car, this is the one to do it. The downside was it's behind an automatic transmission. So it's not like you can just do that. Now you're installing a clutch pedal. Now you're definitely changing out more electronics. Like that was the issue. So I think we will see a manual, we might see a manual transmission in the inline four next year. And, and I believe I'm correct with this. If there is the inline four with the manual transmission, then forget everything I've just said, but <laughs> sorry about that part of your life. Um, but I was like, why is he excited about a four cylinder? But no, what you're saying makes sense. Right. Completely. Cause they're, it's anyways, cause like what year Corvette are people buying right now? Right. Like that's the amount of, cause the price point, those vets are, were more MSRP when they were new, but the super is not far behind it. So you could take the same timeline and then figure that out. If Matt Field was in that car a couple of years ago and it was a, a, you know, let's say it was the year 2000 and the, what, what year vet would that have been? 2000? I don't know my years of vets. Well, for, I guess the C5 started in what, I want to say 98-ish. Yeah. So you probably want to be in a C6. Yeah, which let's say 2006. So like either way, yeah. the car is 15 years old. So if we use that as a marker, it's going to be 10 years to 15 years before we see a Supra get down to the level where, I mean, our buddy Sharky, Hopefully. I don't know if you know my Hopefully buddy Sharky. No, yeah. That, oh, okay. I mean, he's got a vet as well. I mean, he, I mean, he's got some money, obviously, but like he's not rolling in it. Um, so that's what I mean. Like 10 years seems to be that marker where you take a good sports car and then it comes down. I mean, the A80 or not the, the GT86, not the GR86, that's going to fuck me up now. Just I just realized that. <laughs> right? um, I know. <laughs> you know, those those were relatively less expensive because you could pick them up for in your into the 30,000s, right? Yeah. So you had people who bought them that kind of knew how to drive and crashed a shitload of them. And that's why we saw those into, into drifting a lot quicker, in my opinion, right? It was well, a more obtainable the, car. They were the more entry level <clears throat> car, right? Like I'll put it on the same, on par with the Miata and, and people are going to get mad about that. But I mean, yeah. in the sense of um, cost for fun, but typically what happens is people buy a car like that, they track it, they drive it, and then realize, okay, I want, a Porsche now or whatever. Um, so those cars went on the used market and unlike Miatas, you could throw power at them, right? Like, and again, yeah. that's, there well, is obviously the, the odd Miata out there that can, that works yeah. as we know, but yeah, yeah I don't know able to fit a Jay-Z in it properly and, and brace the chassis. And yeah, I mean, realistically, it's like, it's, it's between the vet and the E92 now in my mind, but even still like the E92's got, they, fuck, I don't know what it is with BMWs and depreciation, but it is incredible. <laughs> like <laughs> the only one that holds any value is the M3. Everything yeah. else just plummets. And, and I used to have a car dealership. Then we dealt with most of that stuff. And I can tell you exactly why it's snobbery. It's because a, it's snobbery. That's all it is. Because if you're going to buy a BMW, um, you're buying a new one. So the used market is super cheap. It's not even that. It's, it's, there's like, if you're buying a three series, you're buying a BMW. Mm. If you're buying an M3, you're buying an M3. Mm. It, it's like, it's a different car. Like how a Corvette's not a Chevrolet. That's a good point. You, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it's kind of, it takes on its own identity at that point. That was well put. 
But yeah, I agree. It's not the first time I've said that sentence. <laughs> no, no, it's it's just I've never I never thought of it that way that like, yeah, you don't think of it as a Chevy Corvette. It's just a Corvette. Whereas an M3 is not a BMW M3. It's just an M3. So and because it's, it's, in, it's, it's a separate chassis, class. It, 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 it's, it's the car, the type of people that I don't want to say type of people, but the experience you're going for is not the same. Yeah, you can it say is type a type of people, of people but <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, I specifically sold high end cars at one point. So <laughs> yeah, I've seen all kinds, but um, I can't, there's really no other chassis that are coming out, at least right now, that are in that realm. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Camaro uh, that might start picking up a bit of steam. Um, yeah, as they're they come becoming down cheap now. Yeah. And that's going to be cheaper than a Corvette. You can get it with an LS or you can get a V6 one that's ready to put an LS in. Right. So, yeah. I mean, the um, Mustangs as well, like they're, they're, they're definitely coming down. Like you can get a, but I mean, it's, it's almost in that same realm as the Corvette, but just the Corvette seems to that chassis developed faster. Like, I feel like there was more support behind that chassis as opposed to the Mustangs. Which is funny because like i mean i'm sure you've probably driven a mustang or a corvette mm -hmm. um, but driving both corvettes like they seemed more limited like the chassis seemed like it had less to give you uh, not in the sense that it wasn't faster it's just that like it seemed like it was tapped out like that's all it had maybe more horsepower but the chassis was just like done and that was the feedback you got at the beginning of people using them for drifting and tracking and stuff just due to the due to the suspension design the rear transmission yeah. Um, but I mean, if nothing else, drifters or the drift community is creative. And I think finding cheap, creative solutions and realizing that the stuff that the Corvette has is harder to put into other cars and the stuff that it doesn't have is easier to put in. Right. So it's what I what I think is interesting about the two is that. You base, and I mean, obviously there's other guys, but like you had two people who developed the Corvette. You've Daigo Saito and Matt Field, in my mind. Two different sides. Obviously, Daigo, that's not going to transfer over um, because what he's doing over there to make it over to the US, like maybe, maybe there is, and I'm not aware of it because I don't know the performance market for either of those very well. But in my mind, Matt Field basically set up that industry, but at the same time, you had guys like JTP and and Vaughn and then Chelsea really pushing the Mustang market. Yeah. But it, it I feel like it didn't I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just too blindsided of this. Like, is there more vets out now or is there more Mustangs? And out of the two, which one's more competitive? So I think that it's only the newer style chassis of Mustang that is that is more competitive. Mm. So the, the older fifty, right? Like Yeah. So the older vets. Yeah. This, yeah. Okay. That, same, I mean, that's the, fair. The, the Corvettes are the same vintage. Again, I could be way off base here, but um, just based off my limited knowledge, the Corvettes of the same vintage had more race car parts. It was more competitive hmm. and more development, it, right? Because at the end of the day, there was more race car development behind a Corvette than a Mustang. That's a good point. Unless you're getting a GT500, and then and at that point, who's going to take that car and ruin it for drifting, right? Yeah. Hmm. That's, I mean, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it also comes down to the LS versus um, the five liter. Like that's that's the other part of it too, right? Like, 
maybe that four six couldn't take it, and that was their main engine. It was the before was the four six and the five point four. Yeah. Um, maybe when they uh, changed engine development into the Coyote five liter, that was a huge step. Again, but, I, I haven't driven a ton of Mustangs, so I don't really know that much about it. But that's what seemed to happen since they went to newer chassis, newer engine that I'm assuming is more reliable, yeah. right? Like. I don't think it could have been less reliable. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that just kind of is what works. And and even if you look at the people that campaigned those cars, they were good. Mm-hmm. Bef- like those drivers are just good drivers. They were good in those cars and they're great in the new chassis, right? Like, That's a good point. And, and like you, you had this solid rear end as well. I mean, let's not yeah. forget about that, yeah. right? That's, yeah, that's, that's right. Going, going back to what we said about Beecham earlier, like, Fuck, that's tough. <laughs> but it's kind of funny, right, that so Ford kind of stuck with that solid rear axle as long as they could, just like Chevy stuck with push rods, and Chevy yeah. won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? They won. They're, they're still pumping out push rods that everybody loved. So. We're still making push rods, and they're not making yeah. solid rear ends anymore. Exactly, right? So. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Yeah, I I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see – what happens? Okay, so here's a question. Here, I need your thoughts on this because we're yeah. both super biased on both of these subjects, which is interesting. Perfect. When do we see the next, when do we see the first competitive electric drift car? Oh, when do I want to or when is realistic? Uh, let's go with both. Whatever one's shorter, start with. <laughs> All right. Um, I'd like to see one sooner, within five years. Okay. Um, it depends on what happens with the fuel stuff. And that, that's just based on the fact that I like electric cars. Uh, I mean, I'm for it as much as I love the V8 grumble that I've been in a crap ton of fast cars. Nothing has ever been the experience like driving, you know, uh, insane mode Tesla, right? There's nothing again, limited. That's not top speed. That's takeoff. Um, do I think it's going to be viable anytime soon? Probably not. Um, because like, I don't know if you watched the Vaughn's behind the scenes of his, uh, trip to the Faroe Islands. Um, there's a lot that goes into the electric cars that it's not that it's scarier than combustion. It's that it's newer to us. Right. So yeah, we don't necessarily have the safety protocols, the infrastructure, the knowledge to know what can we do in a crash to stop the vehicle from being completely electrified. Right. Cause yeah, with how much contact is in drifting, you'd hate for it to be that someone does a small touch a battery gets knocked loose somehow, and now the chassis itself is, you know, a walking cattle prod or a driving cattle prod. So, yeah, I really think it's going to. The shitty thing is, the way that that stuff uh, advances is through crashes and bad things happening, right? So yeah. they didn't put they didn't put seatbelts in the cars because they wanted to. So, <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I really point. think I want it to be within five years. I think it'll be within 10 years. Um, I really think it's going to line up with battery technology. Uh, like we know from other research we've been a part of that batteries are, are right about to turn a corner or at least that's that's the hope. What it seems um, like. Yeah. yeah. And once battery technology can can turn, turn that corner to be less volatile, easier to get the uh, the components for it and – because the charging, you can't even argue that anymore, right? Like, yeah, if it, you can fast charge a car in an hour, 
to go from as long as it's not completely dead you can get most of these cars even the the hyper cars are like 10 percent to 80 percent within an hour yeah you know they're not there's no way they're using that much battery if they were drifting for four laps so yeah i don't i don't think the battery will be the thing i think i i agree that i mean as more of these cars wreck as terrible as it sounds like like it's general street electric cars as more of them wreck and the chassis become available I mean, I could see, I, I, I think if I had to guess, the first, first one's going to end up being a Tesla because it- Or Tesla powered, yeah. Yeah, at least Tesla powered, but like, I think there are enough smart people and I know there's, there's already one in Ontario. I mean, Sasha from On Point Dino um, is already hacking Teslas like crazy. And if yeah, he's doing it, then there's- Auto there's, or two that does it. Yeah, so it's like what you're going to struggle with then is just the traction control to make sure that that's no longer working. Um, you could, in theory, even set up the throttle to be like the moment you let off your foot altogether, that's your e-brake, which would be super interesting, right? Because you could tell it that. You could, you, could tell rever- you could tell it to reverse charge if you let off. So that brings up a counterpoint then um, of of motorsports fairness. I mean, how could you control? So if people could have electric cars that had to be run by the computer and can do all that stuff, how do you make them not have traction control? I mean, right? which is banned, like they're going to have but, it. So at that but point, let's, let's be serious though. Has it, right? People are, people are utilizing shit like that. Like it's banned. There's, right. there's a yeah. ton of shit that's banned in, in racing and FD in particular, but I, I, there are there are driver aids that are currently running in FD, and I think there'd be more people running them than most people would want to believe. But that's <laughs> yeah. But that's 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 the reality. Racing, right? but that's just racing. Like yeah. it, it, every rule has a story, right? I will say though that to me, it's encouraging to see companies get behind it. Um, like we know AEM um, yeah. works with like Tesla swaps. So I think stuff like that, like the aftermarket industry getting involved as we see them kind of go in that direction um, instead of fighting it, I think we'll see a lot. That's when you're going to start to see, you know, a couple grassroots cars come out. And I know there have been here and there some electric drift cars because someone's going to light you up for us saying there hasn't. But I know I know there has been. I've, yeah, I've seen think, videos, but like yeah, I'm, I'm talking I'm talking like pro spec or pro. Yeah. Yeah. Like competitive. So yeah. I think until you get these these companies backing a car that they feel is competitive um we won't really see it for another couple of years because i don't think they have it figured out yet but yeah and i'll be the first person to to say i would love to have an old car an old classic with an electric engine or electric motor so why wouldn't i want to have a race car with it right it's just one less thing to break when you're you know inches from somebody's door Mm -hmm. i I, i'm I'm very excited for the day that like the first, like instead of a fuel cell, it's a battery cell. Super safe, right? High output, performance driven, is meant for, you know, it's got regulators built into it in the same way you'd have a fuel pump. It has all these different, you know, distribution models in it to make sure that you're getting the correct power to the motors, the correct time. And then, you know, it becomes like a swap. You, You buy that, you then buy a Tesla rear end, you know, you get some giant, you know, 
two-inch cables that run to the motors. (laughs) You hook up a fucking Bluetooth pedal, and there it is. Like, that that's I mean, where it'll be. It it will be. And the the thing that's exciting about that is it's like a whole new frontier again. It's yeah. it's it's them having to develop chassis again. It's having to develop suspension again, which some it's people see for, as a negative. I see yeah. that as a huge positive. As a as a fan, now you're going, all right, competition again. You're seeing someone from the bottom work their way up instead of just knowing that you can get into XYZ chassis, throw whatever engine in it, these parts, and now you're competitive, it's having to learn it all over again. Yeah. And learn yeah. how to drive it. Well, and then and then you also, now we're opening up, you know, the, the ability for more companies to provide parts. And we force companies to, to start innovating within that technology. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think gasoline engines will go anywhere because we still have coal trains. Like yeah. they're, they're not, they're not ever going to oh, disappear yeah. fully, but it, at some point, I mean, technology is going to continue to evolve. I mean, at some point we took lead out of gasoline, like, but even at some point, if the gas price goes up high enough, it'll be cheaper to develop the electric stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's the biggest, the biggest thing that will change it is once it becomes cheaper, people will do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, as like I said, I, right now, I think the the software is such a huge thing. The battery packs are such a huge thing. And there's really not that many Tesla crashes. Like, I mean, obviously they get publicized when they happen. It's <laughs> like what we were talking about with being under the microscope, right? Yeah. There, there's really not that it's many. It's the same amount. Yeah. No. And, and the funny thing is, it's like, yeah, I want a Tesla with front end damage now, not rear end. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I want to see it. I mean, it was sick. It was sick. I, I mean, I got to film that the Napoleon Camaro in person. Um, I got to be there when it did its first lap, which was which was so cool, and it's so weird. But but it's so it's so funny. Like we were talking about um, getting new eyes in front of drifting, and I think electric uh, mobility is kind of the same. <laughs> where everybody's stuck in a hate mode because you know what you. You, you like what you know and you know what you like. Uh, there's nothing can replace a V8 rumble. Sorry. Yeah. It just is what it is. We're, it's in our DNA, but it's not in our kids' DNA, right? So yeah. for them, performance will likely win over that, uh, you know, soulful connection or whatever you want to call it. So getting people exposed to it, like yourself, you weren't a big electric guy until through work, you got exposed to it. Right. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't like it. I don't want to like it. Oh geez. I hate that. I like it. And that's, that's what happens. And then you get in something and you're like, this is, this is unmatched. I did. Yeah. Why aren't we doing this? And then you see the price tag and you realize it, but, but as it comes down, I mean, <clears throat> I was pricing yeah, at a yeah. Tesla a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> Because you and I were doing the math. I'm like, man, yeah. if I get to drive this, like at what point is a Tesla cheaper? Even Dude, with I got t- hookups on used Teslas. Let me know. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Fuck. No, I legitimately do. I know you do. That's the thing. Like it's guy. not. I know. I know. <laughs> maybe. Uh, anyways. Um, but, yeah. All right. Well, back to FD, FD stuff, I guess, before closing out. Um, is there anybody on there that you see like as a standout? for this year that you're like, I think he's got it. I think, I think Odie is like, I mean, you cannot count that dude out. And like, he is so ripe to win it. 
He's so like he came so close for what two years straight. Um, I want to see Dan. Do you find him distracted? What with work shit? With like feel and stuff now. Like, do you see or less distracted? Similar to Vaughn, where RTR took took over. I don't want to say took over, but like where his effort goes there. Do you see that happening with? I mean, before he wins, I think. I think comparing feel suspension to rtr is is i know is it's not yeah. quite right no, 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 but i think I, I mean in the grand scheme of things i i i don't i'd be curious to know what like his like feels gotten big quickly and and it's it's in, it's from what i hear is incredible suspension with with like outstanding customer support so obviously he's running the business well but like I don't know if he's at that point in his business where he is more distracted or less distracted. Like that, for me, that's kind of what I was getting at is, yeah. is he at the, is he at the push point where you're going to see a decline? And when I was talking about Vaughn, I'm not talking about RTR this year or last year. I'm yeah. talking about him, like them building it with Ford and, and building all the projects on the side that they take your practice days. They yeah. take your chassis yeah. development days, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I want him to do well. I want, I really want him to do well. And um, you just brought up Brad Dance, so I want to hear that. That was my next one. Yeah. He, I don't know if they need to get him, this is going to sound terrible. Don't say like driving a, lessons. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I feel like just watching his runs and seeing his screw-ups, they look so, just as a mental break, a, a break in concentration. Yeah. I, I've, I, I don't hear of issues with his cars, so I think Best his mechanical ability is incredible. Best sounding car in FD. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree. It's competitive because yeah. you can build that chassis to be incredibly fast. I just yeah. don't know. I, I feel like he needs like meditation or like a, a, a mental coach has, or something. He has the shining moments, right? And oh my he's God. He's kind of like a, you know, he's like an out of the pits person. He works on the car. So like I want him to do so well. Being a Jay-Z fan, like a Toyota fan, like someone yeah. running like a Mark IV Super, like you just want it, right? Like you want him to, <sighs> to have it. And then he does so well in, in practice and in, in the first couple of rounds or in the first couple of uh, battles and then the mental breakdowns, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I think, yeah, that's, that's tough. tough. Um. Outside of that, I, I'm curious, like, I'm kind of just going through the list. And I mean, I'd love to talk about every single driver, but my yeah. podcast are already long enough. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see Denofa. I want to see Mike Essay come back and, and just do better. Forsberg might be a write-off for this year. Matt Field is due for a better, like, I'm not saying he has had bad seasons, but he is due for, like, like a top three final season. So it's funny, like, last year, his big push and like his big uh drive was that he was on top of his mental game and he did so well mm-hmm. and then you saw it come kind of unraveled and then you saw him lose lose the battles where you're like man it looked like it was just one small mistake away from winning the whole event yeah. and and i mean he was a contender right up till the end right yeah i really wish i hope forsberg gets the car ready but i mean that's a tall order now because he's a uh, you know, he's another one of my favorites, good, smooth driver. And I just want to see him win, you know, win another solid I, one. Cause when he's on one, he's on it. Right. Yeah. Like, I'd love to see him win another championship and then retire. 
like that's not to sound shitty, but like top, but. as as one of the last remaining OGs, like I want to see him win one more in the same way Vaughn did, yeah. and then call it and pass the torch. Um, um, do you think Masayama's going to uh, have a better year? Yeah, uh, the car looks good. I mean, I saw a livery come out for it. I think, I think a lot of the overseas drivers, it comes down to their living arrangements. Like if they are living and driving in the in the states for the entire year, they seem to do significantly better than the travel because the travel is going to fucking kill you. Yeah, like it's already tough, but then add in like a ten hour flight two days before because like, skill, he's got it. Oh my god. Yeah, skill, yeah. style, he's got it. You yeah, know, provided the car can can stay together, which it seemed all right last year, had a couple hiccups, but. Yeah, I mean, look at Taguchi, great example. Like when he stayed yeah. in North America, he drove significantly better. So um, I think that'll be huge to that. I think Turk, if he has a good start to the season, he'll be good. But if he misses the start, I, I see it, uh, you know, falling uh, falling behind. Yeah, he's he's got to get that momentum early for sure. <clears throat> Obviously, Hurst is going to be there. Yeah, and yeah, Hurst, Osbo. we want to see that. We want to I mean, see. We I want, have faith in Hurst. Fully biased, so I man, I'm so I'm so pumped to see what this season brings for him. So, um, even if so it's I, just solid okay. competitive driving, like that's all I want to see. That's it, right? And a chassis that they can, because you can't expect him to build a new chassis and come out and swing for and you know rocket to the top right away would yeah. be nice but it's unrealistic i guess but i yeah. really think that that it was such a good move to go to that chassis his driving style suits that chassis like you know the hard flicks the just just driving it hard using all the grip that it has so yeah i'm excited for it yeah on a on a on a small side note if there are any drivers listening that are looking for help with your social media <laughs> let me know you segued yourself. <laughs> I did. I had to. I mean, I had to get yeah. a plug in there. I don't do sponsors, so th this is sponsored yeah. by ZZX Sponsor, Digital. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I had my camera set up before, so you could see the ZZX Digital sticker on my computer. Ah, uh, I, I, I don't brand it enough. But yeah, if anybody is interested, <laughs> get in touch. Um, we do, we, we do automotive and driver marketing. So I'd love to work with more drivers. Um, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, so yeah uh, it, it seems like there's a lot of people that that you know have good programs going into this year there's a lot of question marks though like ryan literal <laughs> I, I was letting you say it <laughs> no it's a huge question mark just, it's a huge question mark because yeah it was part of the the thing that i didn't like about the last two seasons was you'd watch two minutes of qualifying and you're like i'm over it half the guys aren't trying to qualify because there's no points involved and you don't need to. You're you're like, okay, you have to do not a zero to make it in the show. Yeah. But What's the motivation? do the judges really want 30 cars instead of 32? No. So I mean the zeros were kind of liberal, like to to not be given away. So it's I like uh, I like that it's faster with this format. I, I'm a big fan of that, but I would say bring points yeah. back. Yes. And yeah. I mean, just bring points back. If you bring points I, back, you have everybody, especially those top contenders, throwing it out because they they know that at the end of the year, those qualifying points are going to matter. I mean, we've seen it for several seasons where it comes down to a handful of points that That's qualifying right. qualifying can win a championship. So, oh, um, Dean Carney's another question mark. Hopefully, his car is a little bit more <sighs> on point, which is unusual. It's just not built. It's just not built for this. It's, at, at the end of the Sounds day, cool looks sick. 
at the end of the day, it's just not made for this. And I guess that was something I wanted to to bring up earlier and I totally forgot. Do you think we're going to start to or at some point see Mopar vehicles more in drifting other than that? I've heard talks about it before, but. I, I've heard talks about Camaros and stuff coming out. A lot of people complain just the weight is just immense in them. There's just like, no matter what you do, they're just a heavy chassis and the power is not quite there. And like how much development, like uh, unless the price of the Hellcat engines comes down to like a reasonable level. But then can a Hellcat engine sit on rev limiter for 45 seconds? I have no idea. That's the other question. Like, like we saw at a couple of grassroots events that unfortunately the only cars with Hemis that were there were broken very quickly. Now yeah. that doesn't bode for the engine. I'm just saying I don't see many of them and it's, it's kind of, I wish I did because yeah, I, mean, I want like, something different. I want options, right? I yeah, want there's options. A reason, there's a reason why, you know, everybody loves Fede because you know, why not have a Ferrari? Yeah. Right? Fuck like, it. That's sick. And the same reason people like Dean Carney. And the yeah. same reason people like, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of different drivers in there. Um, even Kyle Mohan, great example. Like, it's a, it's a strange, I want to see how he does. Like, yeah. that's it. Um, who else? Darren Kelly, I don't know enough about. I apologize to any of his fans. I, I want to learn more. Jeff Jones, he was on a bit of a rise last year. Yeah, he's doing another chassis as well, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Or he's at least doing some sort of updates. I think I know there's a fresh. dash rule that's coming in. Like it has to be the stock dash. Okay, that makes sense. Which is, which is kind of a strange one, but I think it's to, I don't know. I don't know what it's for. Um, that's kind of like the pedal box thing for ProSpec. Yeah. Uh, Adam LZ, I mean, see what he does in, in the Mustang. Like see what he does not having to worry about his team. That's so what that- I, That's what I want to see. That's it. Head because in the like, game. Whether you love him or hate him, he is good for the sport in the sense of more people watching it is better for everybody. And I want to see him in a competitive chassis and and on a level playing field. Like nobody's on a level playing field really with, you know, the Denofas and the Osbos and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, I will say because one, they have more development behind them in, in those cars. Yeah. But I really think that LZ even if he doesn't do well where he places this year, it could be huge for driver development, you know, learning how to be with a team that, and this isn't anything against his team last year or the year before, just you're with a team that, that knows what's up, right? Like those guys don't fuck around the RTR race team. They're there to win. They are not there to sell t-shirts and stuff. They're there to win. Yeah. I mean, they do that, but I know what you're saying. Like, but they and not, have and, a department. To, I'm not taking anything away from that. I just mean that they yeah. have they have somebody that goes out and sells T-shirts, and they also have somebody inside that they just have the resources to be able to put together a full race program. Versus the LZ team, it seemed like they're stretched way too thin because it is expensive, and they have a lot on the go, and that's that's how they pay for it, right? That's how they pay for their season. So, yeah, him being in a factory uh, in a in a larger team that's more backed where all he has to do is show up and drive. I, I think it's going to do well for him. Take a little, a lot of the mental game out of it because he doesn't have to worry about the car. Um, and he doesn't have to worry about, you know, just if something doesn't work, he just tells somebody, you know, it's not, 
he doesn't have to get on the phone and call for parts or whatever. You just tell somebody. Or I mean, the biggest thing too is they have notes. Like, yeah, they they have they have documents of like this is what you do for this track, and we start also, here, and then we adjust to your taste. And they are a team team. Like they're not a team where it's it's two drivers competing against each other and they're sharing a trailer. They are a team where they are shared. Like Vaughn and Chelsea share notes, right? Like, yeah. Up until, I mean, they sure as hell want to beat each other. But they're they're definitely helping each other get faster, and yeah. I think that that's going to be a huge, a huge boost for him. And that it's Chelsea, you know, like he's known Chelsea for a long time. Chelsea seems to be likes to teach, right? He is a good teacher, so yeah, yeah. It'll it'll be interesting for sure. Uh, Eve Meyer, Kyle Mohan, Nick Novak. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see more of these prospect guys moving up. I'm very very happy to see that. Um, I mean, it's what it's there for. It, it, it's, it's what it's there for. But the good thing with, with that this year is that's really going to put the pressure on the people who have been in pro and not performing. Yeah. Because these guys, you have Mike Power. Do you think he's going to come in and go, I'm okay with last place? He, I don't dude, think so. He's a you know? fucking savage. It's super nice guy. I mean, absolute sweetheart of a human being. But behind the wheel, he's a fucking monster. You know, and Nick Novak, the guy can drive, right? Like, so these these guys aren't going to come in and and yeah. and give it eighty percent. So if you're not on your game, if you're a pro and you're not on your game, you know, you better you're not going to make it anywhere this year. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, the other one that we haven't touched on at all, I feel bad because I love the guys, Alec Robbins. He, dude, he's yeah. dude. He is the amount of what was the one event where like he St. made it top four? Well, yeah. So he's qualified Lewis, he first, was number one qualifier. Yeah. And he only, he was doing so well and he got taken out in, uh, what was that outer three? Well, oh, yeah. The last inner zone. one, I guess it is. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. That last, yeah. Around the, around the hairpin. Yeah. He hit yeah. the, uh, the back wall. So, right. Right. And that but, just like, you could tell he was on one and I don't, it could have been tires. It could have been anything, but like, yeah. That weekend, you could you could see like anybody who thought he didn't belong there had their mouth shut. Oh my god! <laughs> it, he, he had it. If, without that crash, if he would have put down the same runs that he was doing all day, he was he was on he was definitely on the podium. Yeah, I, I, he's he's one event away from from being on the podium. Like that's that it, like it it could happen yeah. literally anytime. Um, I, I feel like he's kind of in that position that that. Dylan Hughes was in a year or two ago, right yeah, on that cost of like getting there. They're the same class, realistically. Like him, true, Travis yeah. Reader, like they're the kind of the true second gen or third, I guess third third generation of driver, realistically. I I mean it's outsider perspective, but I feel like Dylan got a little bit more of a boost with, you know, being part of the Forsberg crew. Yeah. And, and he and, also didn't have a year of driving an electric Camaro. Like there you go. That puts you, yeah. that put, I mean, obviously he, he drove his S13 a whole bunch of that, but it, it still puts you a year behind. Yeah. And, and funding and everything else. Cause then he had to go back solo and yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. I can't remember who his title sponsor is. Who, Alec? Uh, no, no, sorry. Um, uh, Travis Reader. Oh, Reader. Wasn't it Link? Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's I Link. Remember. I have their car pack in Aceto. Oh, <laughs> fun fact. His car is one of my favorites. Nice. <laughs> um, 
Brandon Sorensen. Sorensen. I can't believe fuck that up. It's like the easiest name on the list. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, he's <sighs> he's got like he's got some work to do. But at the natural I mean, talent, he's, he has a lot of uh, it. buckets. Um, maybe it's just like maturing into it in the sense of knowing when to push. Because last year, it's like he pushed at the wrong times, and when he yeah. needed to push, he didn't. Or, again, you don't know the whole story. It could have been no. car issues or whatever it is. Or yeah, but we lunch. know that we know that that family and race team has development money, right? Like they're they're, yeah. they're going to come with a strong car this year, I, I believe. So and and seat time and like yeah. and they also have like the knowledge that the team that is on That's there right. are, are it's a motorsports team, not just like drifting. So. You know, part of it is going to be that they're going to have some learning. I mean, they they in the beginning they had to learn drifting coming from off road and and other motorsports as well. But like, I know they have hired crew that are very knowledgeable <laughs> with drifting. Yeah. So it's like you mix that with you know the funding and the backing, and then just a motorsports heritage of understanding the logistics and the sponsorship and everything else. Like, the and I think that it's, that's it's, what. That's what it seems to take for a lot of these people to get to that next tier, right? Yeah. And there are the exceptions of, of the guys that can, you know, work through it without it. But, but most of these guys kind of hit that, that, that next gear when they have the motorsports package behind them, like the, the full yeah. development team, the full funding. And, and, and again, that's also showing the sport as a whole is growing, right? It, it's not just you know, cut rate tire companies and, and, and whatever it's the sponsors yeah. are, are big name stuff and the money's coming. I mean, I, like outside of drifting, just the idea of Sorensen motorsports coming into drifting. Like, I, I feel like that wasn't, I, I feel like a lot of people didn't realize like the background and then true, you know, within drifting, I mean, it would be like, it'd be like if Randy Pope's came over and became a drifter I'd be like what the fuck like yeah, yeah like of course why are you here yeah yeah like what 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 else do you need to do or, or like i mean yeah it's just it's just or a drag racer or whoever right like yeah i mean i'd love to see like an ex formula one guy come into drifting like, could you imagine I, i've had very long conversations with certain people about that and arguments about about it they don't think that it's on the same playing field so uh, it's different it's definitely different, different. I can tell I, you something. There, there are some F1 drivers that could benefit from some drift lessons. <laughs> you know, is he still an F1 driver? Or are we talking about Nikita Mazepin? <laughs> I, don't I know what you're saying. Now, say that on the internet, but sure. <laughs> uh, I, I, are you even allowed to say his name anymore? Like, <laughs> I didn't. You did. I don't know. I know um, you didn't. <laughs> did you finish um, drive five? By the way. No, I got two episodes in and then uh, I need to finish it before this weekend. My goal is to have it yeah. completely wrapped up before this weekend. So, um, yeah, we binged, I, I, we binged it. So I might watch an episode or two tonight. It is getting late, but I might. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, is there anybody else on, on this list that you're like, I'm always excited to see new guys that I don't know a lot about. That's it's always my favorite. So, yeah. So that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm more excited for pro spec. Like, to be honest, up until a couple of years ago, I didn't follow any pro two or pro spec. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm more excited about it now as the cars are getting so 
so much closer to FD, but also with the restrictions that they have with the tire width and, and, you know, they have to run with the factory pedals and uh, pedal box and yeah, whatnot. So I'm excited there. I want to see, I like being able to see people in two different series at once. So mm-hmm. Lemaire is cool. Cause I, I want to see how he does here versus DMCC. Cause it, to me, lets me, uh, line up the two different series. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like, it's, I, I think, I mean, at least in prospect, there's a good mix of like old school guys. I mean, Andy, Andy Haley, like that dude's like, I feel like he, he, he was like the first day of pro two. I, he might, he might be, <laughs> Yeah, he's got a new car too. Um, I mean, I like Ricky Hoffman. I'm a big fan yeah. is from, uh, I follow, uh, Scotty Kramer. So, oh, okay. I, I mean, Adam Napic, TLO, yeah. obviously, like you said, Derek Madison, another guy that's like due. Yeah. Derek Madison is due. Ben um, Hobson. Austin Mata, like D- Dustin Miles. I love, I love watching him drive. Miles yeah. Styles, yeah. man. Fuck. So I like his, uh, he had a pretty good swag to him in uh, last year. Yeah. At Clutch Kickers. So Blake Olson, Human Rahimi. Human, dude, you don't call me enough. I hope you're listening. <laughs> I love him, man. He's yeah. I, I actually I very much miss hanging out with him. Kelsey Rawlings is like one solid car not breaking away from getting her pro license. Like yeah, that's 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 what I I, I talked to her at uh, I talked to her at Long Beach last year actually, and uh, she was having car. I mean yeah. I, I just she just car issues. That's that's what seems to be holding her back. Yeah, I saw her at, like compete at Clutch Kickers and she was doing really well there. So then. But then yeah. she had, a, I think, a car issue as well. <sighs> One day. Uh, yeah, and then Brian Wadman, Rich Whiteman. I mean, guys that are these, there's a lot of guys that have been, were in Pro 2, now in Pro Spec, that are like, they're just due. They're, they're due. They, they've put in their time. Like, let's. But there's only so many spots, man. I know. Right? Like, I know. I know. And again, it's, it's, I, I, I get the, the problem with it like it's tough you got four rounds that you got to go to and there's so much other stuff going on and it's not cheap like you I, you know firsthand what the cost is um, yeah you're 20 20 grand at least right so and you can, then that can definitely do it cheaper but i'm just like right yeah right do you want trust me you don't want to do it much cheaper but even then if you do so let's let's say you do get your pro your pro license and you can barely afford prospect then what do you do yeah yeah i, I like a right? lot of people like, for, I, it's it's one of the it's biggest things getting it. you need money yeah it's one of the biggest things that like i just i wish people would wrap around their head like it it's f- so fucking expensive and it's, it's not, not like free. sponsors yeah. are just jumping at you like oh you got your pro license here's a check like nope <laughs> nope not even a little bit they're like oh it's your first year in pro let's see how you do and then let's let's talk next year like last year we went to that shootout and uh there were a couple of drivers there and the prize was a pro license and and it it was a joke in the sense that the the guys in the top already had their pro license but they couldn't afford to compete yeah pat sear and dave briggs both drove fd pro at one point in time yeah and both were like yeah why would i i mean pat owns a successful garage and dave briggs is a real estate agent yeah a very successful one from what i understand it was still pretty sick to see the eight six out there yeah, the battle axe, that was sick. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fucking it. it's it's amazing that that thing still drives. 
<laughs> it's the way yeah. that he drives it. But yeah, it'll be good. I mean, uh, I, I think there's two things, obviously, we need to, I mean, one thing we definitely need to talk about, another one that's cool. Um, one, Lake Erie Speedway doing an event yeah. series to get your pro spec license. No shootout. It's a full like, series. It's a series. And, one, and with decent payouts, I think round three has like, I want to say it's $7,500 for first or something. Like it's, yeah, it that's going to bring some people in. It's going to bring uh, Canadians in. That's what I'm excited so, for. So that's, I was just about to say, that's to, to us up here. Like, I don't know if everyone knows how far it is or how hard it is for us to get to FD events when FD stopped coming to Montreal, even though it was only there for a short time. It's, it's not impossible, but it's, it's, it's hard to get there. So having an event close by that is drivers that are getting up to FD caliber is exciting. And to see people from here get a chance to get their license because DMCC, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's kind of the rules are close to FD, but it feels like the driving or the cars aren't at that level yet. So it's kind of, or maybe they never will be. It's just a totally different style of driving. So it's like, it feels like if you're in Canada, you're relegated to, to, to DMCC. But if that's not the style of driving you want to do, even to get down to events to qualify, to get a pro spec license is, is a huge undertaking. Yeah. You're going to a shootout. Yeah. Hoping you're, you're going to a shootout. Yeah. You're going to a shootout and, and hoping that you have a good weekend hoping yeah. that nobody else is there to steal your thunder, no locals around, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think Lake Erie Speedway is going to be, it's going to be huge for them. And it's also during their Matt Siri, which seems like it's a blast. So I'm planning yeah. to go to, uh, probably not spring, but the one in summer. All right. So. Well, I mean, I'll be, I'll be going to as many as I possibly can, but I do, I do think that's, it's, it's massive. So yeah, yeah. If, you, if, if, I mean, once again, it's totally self-serving because AJ is a good buddy of ours. But, I mean, why else am I doing this if it's not self-serving? Um, if you're, if if you're, even if you don't want your prospect license, if you just want that level of driving in a series instead of just one round, yeah, like Erie Speedway is going to be it, at least yeah, in our and, area. And like I said, and there's there's money there too, right? Yeah, so. to make it worth your while. Um, and then the other one, I don't know if you know about this one. This is sick, and I'm super excited for it is that uh toronto motorsport park has a house league for drifting so i heard that they were drift jams going there yeah but they they're i don't know the rules i'd love to have the drift jam guys on because it's fascinating that they're doing this because it's like a competition but not really like from, from my understanding it's supposed to be like a mix of like party drifting and competition but i think the uh, the competition layout isn't a traditional bracket style. So it sounds similar to like how Matt Siri was, was built with uh, Lake Erie Speedway, right? Yeah. It was, it was a split of like both. a party event. Yeah. Party event with, uh, with a comp in the middle. Yeah. I, I just, I'm, I'm super That's excited that they can have this is like, you know, we're going to do a, like a competition style, but without all of the fucking bullshit of, of having these high-end competitions, right? And the good thing so, with with TMP is it's exactly in the middle of my house and your house. Yeah, <laughs> so although it's equal driving. <laughs> I mean, I could take the BMW there. I just don't know how how well I would do. Starts at nine, uh, ten a.m. to four p.m. 
yeah, it's uh, it looks like it's it's you know like a, a stylish drifting competition. So cool. I'm I'm pumped either way. I mean, I just I'm happy to see more competition. Obviously, Shannonville's got their yeah. drifting series, which replaced Top Drift. Top Drift well, is, is still doing. It's just like they're doing drifting there. Yeah, open drifting. Yeah, and then top. I'm going on the sixteenth. But are you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So top drift, they're doing two events uh, out near you. No. Yeah, up uh, at Calabogie, uh, or not Calabogie, Grand Cayuga. Band. No, Grand they're Band. Grand, Fuck, thank yeah, you. Yeah, Grand Band. Yeah. No, Cal- so I was on Calabogie to try and and get some events. The problem they have is there is a local club here that um, was doing stuff, and then they kind of slowed down. So. Um, it's tough because the track there is, it's a high caliber racetrack yeah. and they're very look down on drifting a little bit. So yeah. yeah, you might get the paddock, but cause I, I had inquired like on renting it. I was like, man, like how much, like I can get some homies together and rent, but it was too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, I'm happy to see, I mean, to, to kind of lead into wrapping things up, I'm happy to see massive drivers lists. Yeah, we didn't really touch on Forrest Wang, but I mean, we kind of did. But anyways, uh, Sebastian Gauthier is another guy that got booted out of that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, as as Ryan Sage said, the opportunity to come in is there. It's just they had yeah. to cap it. And if you want to see a better explanation, check out Maximum Driftcast discussion board because they, they talk about it. I mean, if you're here, you probably are there, too. Let's be honest. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm I'm happy to see both those drivers list massive. As much as it sucks to see Lake Erie off of the schedule, I'm stoked that there's a new track. And and that Lake Erie has that series. Yeah. And instead, and right. We're still seeing Drift Week get bigger and bigger and Clutch Kickers yeah. is getting bigger and bigger. So like, yeah, other events have died off, which is sad, but it seems like for every one that is gone, two more have popped up but different. And that's what I like more to see in Canada. <laughs> I just on it, here. honestly like in Ontario we just don't have the driver pool I wish we did but yeah, we just don't there's just not enough people it's funny there's a lot up in the Quebec side um, yeah. but my French isn't good enough so I'll have to bring my daughter my daughter to translate I guess there you go just yeah just have have one translator with you your crew chief she'd boss you around anyways because <laughs> uh, for me they're only about most of their events are within two hours. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I got, a, I got the control arm off the BMW, kind of. Um, I yeah. had to cut them off because nice. everything is fucked on it. Um, and the subframe is bent from me, so I can't get the one bolt out because it's now wedged between that and the, uh, the front sway bar bracket. Huh. Yeah. So I don't know when I did that. I mean... I know I did it, but I mean, I don't remember when. We, I have a bunch of parts coming for the the BMW subframe reinforcement kit, and then I'm going to make Sweet. some parts. I got like the world's cheapest coilovers going on it, and yeah. We got to bang doors this year. It has to happen. 100%. Has to happen. Yeah. We'll start in sim drifting because you got to go this week. So All right. Um, yeah. yeah, let's pick a night. We just we got to pick a night. That's the only way it's going to happen. Buddy, I, I can. I know you're on every night. Doing a po- yeah, I was like, I'm on every night except for yeah. tonight. So <laughs> cool. Uh, do you want to do any shout outs? You got your own YouTube channel that I'm constantly forcing you to, to do more of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
the the point of it is going to be drifting this year, right? I'm going to build the BMW and kind of I don't want, I'm not going to do like a build log of it or anything, but hopefully go out to some events and uh, I want to make it out to one or two uh, FD events for the year and then put that on the YouTube channel. So that's you can make the it life here. of Kai. Okay. So if you can make it here, I'll get you there. Yeah, well, that's the problem, right? Is is making it there and then having the time right yeah <laughs> like anything else it's time because it's the travel again yeah. being where we live up in canada or at least where i live it's it's almost like an extra day because you lose an extra half a day either way to get anywhere yeah that's a good point just to get the fuck out of the country that's literally the only reason i moved to windsor yeah. is to save that extra day yeah driving across the border for you is nothing right and then you can just hop on a plane and and go so. yeah well, for, for everybody listening, uh, there is a YouTube version of this if you want to see our faces. Uh, if not, I totally understand. Uh, for everybody watching, thank you. Um, yeah, make sure to check out Life of Kai. I'll put a, I'll try and remember to put a link down. <laughs> thank um, you. If you, guys, if you guys like the podcast, if you want to keep going, I'm not going to lie. I need encouragement because I'm petty. Um, but if I know you guys are listening and I know it's happening, I will make more of them. It's just very discouraging sometimes. I won't lie. It can get very discouraging to try and produce these. Um, but we've had some crazy numbers before. I mean, I've had 10,000 listener episodes. So, And I'm sure if if there's people out there who want to see it, we can get a couple of uh, couple of uh, people on here. You could probably bug uh, Mr. Hurst, get him on. and I got to get Hurst on. I have to. Yeah. I want to I get Alec I mean. back on. Yeah. Um, I mean. See if you can bug Josiah so we can pick his brain about what the hell's going on. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I still think it's crazy because I've had like Kevin Wells on here. I've had Ryan Sage on twice. Like it's that's wild. It's fucking. It is wild. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, why? Why didn't I do more of this? I mean, we have fucking Tony Angelo, Matt Farah. I think I had Matt Field on. I did have Matt Field on. Fuck, that's wild. I have to do. You know this what more you often. need to do is do a mobile version of it at the rounds of FD. You know what? I've tried doing the mobile. It's so much work. It's so much work to set it up. But I know what you're saying. Even if they're if just quick people, like interviews. Like if you have our other media guy there or I, if I'm there, won't be as bad to have someone it's else like help. Build a little up. packet. That's it. Yeah. Your go yeah. bag, you know? Yeah. But, All right. Well, thank you for everybody listening. Uh, if you did make it this far, make sure to share, comment, let us know. Keep keep me encouraged. Like I said, I, I get I get discouraged so quickly. Um, Kyle will stay on my ass about it for sure. I'm not going to say uh, weekly. Sure. I think if I say every other week, I, I can was gonna do say it. Every, I, th- I think every other week is a little bit more attainable. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. People don't realize time how long to this takes. Content. Yeah, that's all content, right? Yeah. Oh, we're like two hours, so. Yeah. It's crazy how quick it goes, though, huh? That's, yeah. I mean, it's not like you or I uh, struggle with talking, so. I know. It's, it's such a problem. I don't know how we get any fucking actual work done. <laughs> I don't um, talk all day long. <laughs> you just save it up for what we, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you, if you liked our opinions, let us know. If you don't like our opinions, I don't care. Um, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know. You, I mean, yeah. dude, they will. Out of the way. It, it happens every, I get like private DMs. Like you fucked this up. That, that didn't happen. It was this year. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You talk for two hours straight and try not to say something wrong. Um, I think you're going to light it up with all the electric comments. I think we're good. probably i know we offended a few people all right guys thanks again for listening we'll catch you next week no two weeks two weeks two weeks